Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello and welcome to What A Load Of Cobblers, Friday Night Lights. I'm Tom Reed, and we're feeling Steve Christmassy this week. We put Russell Slade on Spotify and we're dreaming of a Jason White Christmas. It's Andy Bodfish, Martin Maloney, Ian Brandt and Jefferson Lake. How are you doing, guys? You all right? Yeah, not too Evening. bad, thanks. Evening. Evening. Hi, Tom. Hi to all the listeners and happy Christmas to everyone. All the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> all the listeners millions of listeners there. We won't talk much this week about the actual football because, let's face it, you know, it's not really worth talking about. So we'll just talk about Jason White like we normally do. Uh, Angie, <laughs> tell us a little story about, I don't know how much it could be repeated, but um, I'll just say it, Damien Duff's apartment. You can oh, mate, yeah, it just takes me back to the the, the glory days of, um, of being a singleton. Um, yeah, just, uh, j- just a bit of a random one. Obviously, we were on the WhatsApp chat earlier and... Um, it all got a it all got a bit of story one upmanship, so I thought right, I'll lob this into the mix. Um, yeah, it was, just, it was just back in the day uh, when I sort of lived in London, and uh, a mate of mine was over, and um, he was excellent for for having female friends who didn't necessarily fancy him. So, uh, so 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 me and a couple of others just you know would sort of just oh yeah I'll come I'll come along on that night out. So yeah, and um, we met some Irish nurses, which was wonderful. It, and do you know what? It was even around Christmas time. I didn't even realise that bit. So you you got the whole topical thing going on with it as well. Um, so yeah, so so we hung around with these um, the, these nurses, got to know them a bit, bought them a load of drinks, uh, got none back, but never mind. What's new? <laughs> um, yeah, and all of a sudden, it's do you want to come back to so and so's house? Um, you know, sort of the, the the group of us, because these girls were on a were on a Hindu. So yeah, all right. By yeah, by by this time, we're a few um, you know, we're a few bottles of Bollinger in, and um, <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, so we 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 pop round the corner to this very luxurious flat. There's door codes being punched in, and blokes are sort of waving us through this that, and the other bowling upstairs. And next thing you know, uh, yeah, we're in this quite nice apartment, and I'm on the balcony. And um, all of all of a sudden, um, it's kind of yeah, yeah, because because there because Damien's away this weekend. And all of a sudden, kind of you sort of trace it back. These girls were a party. Um, one of this party was Damien Duff's fiance. So all her oh, wow. friends were over for, were over from Dublin, and they were having their pendu essentially. I mean, there were no L plates and 
you know, a classy Hindu, if you will, as befitting the fiancé of a Premier League footballer. And all of a sudden, it sort of, I just had this moment of clarity. Damien, what? Damien, what? We're in Fulham. And, and yeah, somebody had mentioned that so-and-so's, um, you know, future husband-to-be was a footballer. I was like, yeah, yeah, Damien Duff. So you mean to tell me we're actually in Damien Duff's apartment now? Just let us know whether Damien Duff just appeared peeking out of his uh, wardrobe at any moment during the evening. <laughs> it's a mad initiation thing. Oh, it doesn't bear thinking about. I mean, Fulham were away that weekend. I remember that, that sort of came out of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was actually at Christmas time, thinking about it. How, how lovely. How topical. Lovely I mean, Christmas it... tale. <laughs> So did Damien Duff have any photos of himself on the wall? Because I'd imagine like footballers are quite egotistical, aren't they? Um, I just, he... No. I mean, obviously I wouldn't know. <laughs> I mean, probably wouldn't have noticed given um, the, the state we were all in, to be fair, not just me. Um, was that, was and, that but yeah, there was no, there was no that, life-size okay. freeze of Damien Duff, you know, in the hallway. <laughs> Sadly. Sadly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't but, think uh, can anyone beat that. I've been to a footballer's house. I don't think I can beat that. Oh, you've been to Ian Atkins' house, obviously. Uh, it's all you, Andy. You, you've done it all, mate. <laughs> but you, Jeff, have you been to a footballer's house in any interviews or anything? No, I no. I, um, I don't think I, I don't think I have. I, I, I have actually been to um, Atkins. I've been to Bayo's house, but I don't think I've been to too many others. Um, so I, certainly not some a, a player who was. One of the best players in a World Cup at one time, which Damien Duff, of course, was. What's Bayo's house like? Bayo's house was, um, I'm going to describe it as surprisingly modest. I think he was someone who's, he's quite shrewd. So I don't think he's, um, I don't, he's not sort of particularly extravagant with stuff like that. I think he's more like an investment and planning for the future type guy. And also, he's got four kids. I think he's got four kids. Uh, her, if I've got that wrong, that's awful, isn't it? Um, I think he's got four <laughs> kids. So um, yeah, I was. Uh, it's in um, it's in Lewisham. He lives, and it's um, it's like a terraced house in Lewisham. But he, he might not live there now. That was, ooh, how many? Probably about eight years ago. That was. So yeah, he may have moved by now. But yeah, and and, yeah, and the, the same yeah, thing. Yeah, but like a dartboard. Eddie Bufroyd's face on. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, well, that would have been great, wouldn't it? That that would have been the through the keyhole moment, wouldn't it? Who could live in a house like this? <laughs> this voodoo doll of Bufroyd uh, with pins in it. No, there was nothing. To, similarly, there was nothing to give away the fact that it was a it was a footballer's abode, apart from a huge TV with a, with football on it. Probably Is got this, that going um, on. Plus the castle in Lithuania. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's no is it a secret we can cut it out if you want to, but it's no it's no secret that you you were attached to, you know, preliminary talks about a book for Akinfem, weren't you at one point? I was indeed. Um I I think we can talk about it. Uh is uh I actually pitched it to him because uh, I thought it would be I thought he's he's got a great story and it would be a great story to tell. Uh and I kind of hoped that I would I would write it for him. And we actually got we did a we did a few chapters and stuff, um, but yeah, him leaving the club and uh, me being not particularly proactive with it meant that it kind of <laughs> fell away a little bit. Um, I think Bayo and I, in that respect and in that respect only, are similar characters in that 
we kind of need need motivation from elsewhere to to uh to, to, to get the best out of us shall we say um and we both kind of just like let it slide like every now and then it'd be like oh we should meet up soon yeah let's do it and, and, and it would never happen and then he he eventually went and did it with someone else i think his agent sourced uh someone else to do it and that and that's fine you know it's it's all part of the game you know there's no there's no bitterness it's, it's just one of those things so but, with, yeah. this, with this, simil- this similarity then <laughs> the jefferson beast mode <laughs> um blimey well ian ian will have seen my beast mode on monday nights of course at, at goals uh so <laughs> he, he's probably the best person to speak on that really i'm slightly yeah, worried that um Freud's cult got you he, he stopped <laughs> you from doing the yeah, was, yeah, yeah. he brainwashed me yeah yeah that aeroplane's in the sky always gets <laughs> that's the Maybe um that's the Freud's book yeah. Boothroids, because that's so, that's available. No one wants it. Just go for it. <laughs> what Boothroids autobiography? Yes, would be. I think, would, I think that would genuinely be a really good read. Um, and he he definitely would not need a ghostwriter to do it. He'd do it himself. And it would. And that, I think that would be actually quite fascinating to see because he spoke quite openly before about you know how he was sort of. How he let himself get too involved at Watford and things like that. I remember reading a thing with him once where he said he was going to stewards meetings in the week at Watford <laughs> because he what because that was the level of control he wanted to have at the football club. You've got to take and, take care of the details. It, it, that was it. That was the thing. It was like <laughs> ultra micromanagement, um, and that and he realised then he had to step away. So I think if he did a book and he was kind of like and it was really honest, then I think it would be a really good read that. You might sort of explain what happened with um, Bayer at Wembley because that was you know, it's a bit of a story to that, wasn't there? We never really heard, it, heard his quite a good one. Yeah. So, so yeah, no one can really match um, Andy's stories of going to Damien <laughs> Dust flat. So I live a little bit, <laughs> try and beat. It. Yeah, I'll <laughs> leave my Leo, Messi, Leo Messi flat story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> I did that story, didn't I? That um, George Weir went to a house party in. The Eastern District one time. I told you, I told, I told you that another time. I'm sure I told you the story. I was speaking to a guy in town and he was like, Yeah, you know, I think he was some Liberian or something. Because he's George Weir's Liberian, isn't he? Yes. And he was like, Oh, you know that George Weir went to a house party and it was something like Standards Barn or something like that. What? That is not. Come on. Chance. As the official as the official representative of NN3 on this podcast, I'm fascinated by this story. Me too. <laughs> I couldn't prove it. I, I needed pictorial evidence, but uh, it's. Let, I'm just putting it out there that I've been told it, and it, until someone can prove it, up, it's true. So, George, we um, <laughs> is this kind of the, uh, the the football equivalent of the story, which apparently is actually true though, about Bob Marley playing a gig at a pub in King City. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. Uh, he played um, Northampton three times. Bob Marley did. One was in. I can tell you what it's called. It's called Fantasia in King City. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, my my someone I know is a big Cobblers fan actually. Probably listen to this. He's an old sort of like um, skinhead sort of guy, but they were into sort of scar and stuff. And he went over to Syria. I think I think this is another story, and I might have told you this before that Northampton broke up Bob Marley and the Whalers because <laughs> this, this <laughs> they played Bob Marley and the Whalers played Northampton College of all places. They played Northampton College back in the seventies in the I think it was probably the Arts Centre or somewhere. It was snowing, 
And I think, you know, I don't know the actual true story of it, but after that, they broke up. And I'm just, you know, reading between the lines. I reckon what happened was, you know, the, the whalers said to Bob Marley, what are we? What are we? Doing? <laughs> <laughs> Is this what it's all about, playing Northampton College? And they broke up after it. So it's another Northampton claim to fame that we, we've, we've basically broke up the whalers. So. When, obviously, on the resumption after Christmas, I mean... George Weyer at a house party in the Eastern District. You just, you just can't, <laughs> you just can't get away with just saying, "Oh, apparently that happened." <laughs> yeah, it needs to be investigated. Is it we need answers. Best game of fantasy Northampton Cluedo. <laughs> George <laughs> Weyer at a house party in Standards Barn. It's like my mate, my mate who lives over in Rome is convinced that. Um, oh, I wish I knew the details. I should have checked up that. Sometime around Euro 96, so that golden summer, um, Gaza and his entourage were <laughs> passing through North Ants and they stopped into the cock, they, they pulled into the cock in road and um, <laughs> just, just, had a, just had a couple of beers and then on their way again. I mean, sure. a lot of these things. Are- yeah, I just, I mean, we all ripped him at the time, but um, I think that is actually true. I wish I knew the details now. Um, but you can't tell the wood from the trees with these ones, can you? But this guy was convinced that George Way went to this party, and he just—I don't know why he would lie to me. <laughs> it's just he mental, like, mate. I just imagine oh, you in the garden. George Way there. There's like a plastic football on the side. But just imagine if it had been the same night as Bob Marley and the Whalers were playing, playing over in Kings Heath. <laughs> what do you do? Do you get the bus into town out to Kings Heath, and then maybe try and get back to the house party with George Weir later, or you got to give up one or the other? I reckon hopefully someone will listen to this and will ring and like will tweet us or something and say, I was at that last party and George Weir was there. And I'll be vindicated because otherwise it just sounds nuts. But... <laughs> what about the credibility of this witness? He seems, yeah, he's, he's, he's a, a guy that I know pretty well and I don't understand why he'd lie to me. He just seems pretty straight up about it. And obviously, like, you get different communities in the I'd love some in the background when you play that bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm going there too. Like I said, someone can prove it. Otherwise, George George Weir has been at NM3. Um, so Martin, um, you were... I'll get me ear to the ground with the NM3 folk and see if I can find anything out. Martin, <laughs> I, know, I know we're trying distraction tactics. We're going to move on now to the quiz of the century, which we've nicknamed the Manic Miners Quiz. <laughs> me and Martin were thinking the name of this quiz tonight. We couldn't think of anything, so that's what we're going with. Uh, we did it last week and it was actually quite good. And I've I've upped it a level this week. I've done some deep research on this. Baseball teams, minor league baseball teams, and minor league basketball teams. And the basic gist of the quiz, if no one listened last week or anyone didn't hear it last week, is that I'm just going to quiz Martin on some minor league baseball teams and some minor league basketball teams. And they've often got sort of strange names. And Martin just has to guess which the team name I'm talking about is either baseball or basketball. And he didn't do great last week, did you, Martin? I think you can improve I think this I started week. Off, started off strong with, with a two out of two, and then, but it's not, as they say, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And I think we end up yeah. two out of five. Hey. Cobblers just aren't starting without finishing at the moment. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, in a way, I'm trying to use that as some inverse hope for this season on the pitch. <laughs> so, and I'm going to throw a couple of curveballs in there, a little baseball, baseball reference for you, uh, baseball fans out there and there's a few of you um i'm going to put a, you know at least one made up name in there like i did last week fortunately martin really didn't notice it last week i think it was what was the name of 
and it was a clunge dippers or something. Clunge. Appalachian clunge. Yeah, I don't know where it was, but it was clunge dippers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, and you've got to be on your metal. So let's start off with the first one. <clears throat> so it's baseball or basketball. The first one is the Traverse City Beach Bums. I'm going to say that's basketball. Traverse City Beach Bums. All these, well, most of them are real, apart from the ones, and you'll find out what they are in a minute. Traverse well, City Beach Bums is baseball, Martin. I'm sorry. Really? Wow. Yeah. Traverse City. Who knows where Traverse City is? I might Google after what these actual places are. But yeah, Traverse City Beach Bums is that white ball, not the uh, basketball. Right, okay, the next one. Remember, there's a couple of um, fake ones in there as well. The Amarillo Sod Poodles. Ah, they just <laughs> renamed about a year ago. They are a baseball minor league team. Oh, you're right, Martin. Yes, a few <laughs> teams sod- renamed the last couple of years, and that was one of the funnier ones. Sod to do with like the the, the earth you play on when you're playing baseball. Is that as like a reference to that? Do you think? Um, I think. I- yeah, I mean, often the names are very, very localised. They're down to a local something. Um, a bit like, you know, North, if you called them Northampton Cobblers or something. So, uh, yeah, it can't be quite um, quite like that. But Sod Poodles was an odd one. Uh, that's correct. That's one. One out of two. Uh, the Modesto Rim Kings. Is that basketball <laughs> or baseball? <laughs> so, well, the Modesto nuts are baseball, so I'd say Rim King sounds absolutely made up, but I'm going to guess it's it's basketball. So, you, is it is it a basketball or is it fake? Um, I'm going to say it's basketball. Oh my, it's fake. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm glad it is. I just thought. No. <laughs> Can I just add though that the uh, like. Because rim is a basketball term, isn't it? And there are, yes. there are teams called rim, rimmers, and yeah, let's not get into. Don't turn this into a rim podcast. Rim in podcast. There's plenty of that. I think. <laughs> so yeah, that was fake. Uh, let's go with the next one. The Texas Cages. Baseball or basketball? It sounds too conventional to be made up, and there's not many baseball teams have the name of a state. So, by process of elimination, I'm going to say basketball. Well done, Martin. I threw that in as a little curveball because don't you play in something to do with a cage in baseball? I thought that might sound. Oh, you, you have batting cages, yes. But yes. Yeah. It'd be very got... arrogant to name yourself after a whole um, state. Not many teams do that. <laughs> How can basketball? Because oh, it's like, um, is it it's like um, I... a college team or something? Do you think? I, mean, I don't know the culture in basketball so well, but generally, very few teams name themselves after a whole state. I think Arizona Diamondbacks is one. I think Arizona in in a couple of sports do, but most of the others you tend to be named after a city. Okay, that's cool. Um, next one, Milwaukee Milkmen. <laughs> they always deliver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? No, they will. I reckon that sounds too good a name to not be real. Okay. And I don't, because we've got the Milwaukee Brewers, I don't think they're a minor league. I think they're an independent baseball team. I'm going to say they're baseball. 
That is correct. I must add that they're probably not all minor leagues. Some of them are absolutely tiny. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they play in an independent league, but they have a great name, so I knew, so I'd heard of them. They do the Milwaukee Milkmen. That's a, that's a really good one. Okay, the next one, the Saddle River Spunk. <laughs> Base basketball. That's little, made up. Little from Je- Jeff there. That is definitely <laughs> made up. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Are you 100%? <laughs> <laughs> I am dead sure, but I could certainly be sure and wrong. The Saddle River Spunk are actually baseball, Martin, and they're transferring you over there this year. <laughs> <laughs> North Ant Centurions make a trade. <laughs> We're moving for Martin Maloney. We want him at Saddle River Spunk. I, I, wow, that, that is an eight and a half. I was joking, it is fake. It's fake. Oh, right. I'm just like, got my phone and Google them. <laughs> Yet again, if you Google the Saddle River Spunk listeners, you might get more than you bargained for. Uh, <laughs> okay, this is the last one. Uh, the Delaware Fighting Blue Hens. Delaware Fighting Blue Hens. I'm going to say basketball. It is. The Flighting Blue Hands of Delaware is basketball. Well done, Martin. Panic <laughs> Miners, you've done pretty well this, this week. Oh, it definitely sounded a little bit better. A little bit better. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're going to have to go and live, live over in Saddle River. Play for the Saddle River. I'll, 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 I'll be checking in our... Um, our team chat for baseball to see what's what's coming back our way when I'm making my way to the Saddle River Spunk. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, um, right, we'll we'll get we'll have to get some of your baseball players on this one time and then we can take this quiz, take the pressure off you a little bit. <laughs> I'm well, sure we have a couple of you up for it. You passed the test this week, Martin. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to do a lot <laughs> next time. Go, you know, go even deeper to the world of baseball. Go down to like, you know, tiny, tiny league somewhere but you did pretty good <laughs> how you doing ian mate you were looking forward right. to christmas as well very much yeah really Six. looking forward to it the season of yeah. goodwill <laughs> yeah so all the cobblers fans come together at this time time of christmas no matter what your views are on you know black lives matter or anything like that and whether or not Keith Curl's doing a good job or whatever, or if you believe in fan ownership or, or the other type of ownership, I just think goodwill to all men. And um, Andy Goodwill to all men. We can use that one later. There we go. <laughs> yeah, well, well said, Ian. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, nice, nice thought of the season. Yeah. Um, last week, you were talking about what play you'd want as a Christmas present. Uh, so Christmas is about giving and receiving. So I just thought, yes. if you were going to give Ian a Christmas stocking, I would prefer to, to give than receive, personally. Yeah, as they do in um, Saddle River as well. <laughs> just, just so you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Ian, if you <laughs> if you were going to give a Christmas stocking to none other than Barry Fry, uh, Peter, uh, you know, well, whatever he's director of football, what mm-hmm. what Christmas in that Christmas stocking for Barry Fry, Ian? Right. Okay. I've got a heads up here. I actually, I've got a, f- a good friend, not really a Cobblers fan, but he's, yeah, I've been, to, he's been to a few Cobblers games with me. Hi, Justin, if you, if you're listening, I think he might be one of the first for the um, Corona jab, actually, because he's getting on a bit. That's just a little joke between me and him about the um, his age. <laughs> um, he saw him in a news agent's once, 
I think it's in Bedfordshire. I don't know what Barry Fry was doing in a newsagent in Bedfordshire. And guess what he was buying? You never guess what three things he bought from a newsagent. Razzle. Ready? Right. <laughs> no. He bought a packet of lunches. Yes, 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 yes. Well done, well done, Slugger. Another home run from Slugger. He bought a packet of Rothmans. Oh, he no bought... way! Ah. He, did. he did, he did, and I think it was 20. And he bought a packet of munches, you know, the chocolate, <laughs> the little chocolate sweet things, the chewy ones, and a copy of the Daily Sport. Oh, I was quite close then. You were. So that is what would be in his, in, that's what I'd put in his, no doubt, blue, posh-coloured Christmas stocking, bless him. Yeah. I've got another mate who's a bit of a groundhopper, and he saw him once. At a, I mean, this guy, Phil. Hi, Phil, if you're listening. Phil, the Sheffield Wednesday, non-league groundhopper. He goes, like, obviously he's suffering a bit at the moment because not much football going on, but he just goes to any non-league game going, like, you know, Ninth tier, tenth tier, you go. And he was at some really random game in Northamptonshire on a on a wet Tuesday night. And Barry Fry was there chatting up the lady in the burger van. Can you believe it? <laughs> so there you go. Well, so yeah, talent, he might have been talent scouting for Razzle. Probably uh... what he's, well, he probably was <laughs> talent scouting. He's probably looking for some potential young striker that Peterborough would develop and then sell for big bucks and. Ian, the, the, the fags, they were Rothmans. They weren't just fags. Just. Honestly, because you remember that kind of thing when people, oh, yeah, 20, you want you ask for 20 Rothmans. And, yeah. Because, I mean, brilliant. Because yeah. I would have said Lambert and Butler. Um, I don't know. But, I mean, Rothmans, brilliant shout. Yeah, good, isn't it? I, I, I am genuinely speechless <laughs> off the cuff. Well done, Slugger. You're absolutely just, brilliant. You've just hit another home run. So, incidentally, <laughs> did you see Keith started in the diamond formation um, the other night? It didn't do much good. But was that, you know, a little thing for you because of the baseball diamond? It, it, maybe we need to take the baseball player off the pod and we'll move away from this diamond thing, get a bit more width going on. Exactly. <laughs> all your, no, well, it was worth a try, wasn't it? It worked out all right first half, but not, not so well second. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I'll do. When we're back in the new year, I did. I tried ringing them. Try bringing my mate tonight and see it to just to just to ask him a bit more about that little, you know, that time you saw him. But I'll I'll do my way homework. He might finally reply to my to my WhatsApp. You do, you Jeff, do. Just if, Jeff, can I ask? You know, when you and Bayo were like organising you going round, did he mm. actually say that? Hit me up on WhatsApp. Pretty, pretty much, yeah, yeah. You got him on there. <laughs> I yeah, of course. I've got everyone's number, mate. No, I haven't really. Um, brilliantly he said we arranged the meet and you know people will say okay great or whatever or yeah that works for me he put cool but he didn't put it with a c he put it with a k oh. that's that's when i knew i was dealing with a serious geezer different level mate yeah. it is isn't it that is different he's level well he's <laughs> the strongest player in the world on fifa or he used to be i don't know if he still is i'm pretty sure he still is did you oh, well, fifa with him jeff do you know like do you have any downtime in between talking do you say do you want a game of fifa <laughs> Scale trick, you know, something like that. No, no. Um, and Ali. Sad, sadly not. <laughs> sadly not. And that was the thing is with 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 um, when we were doing the the book project thing is we spent most of the time just talking about other stuff that wasn't, you know, taking notes on his career, and that's another <laughs> another reason why perhaps it didn't work out was because we just spent the whole time just gossiping about football stuff. 
The first few Farm. meetings were at um, Starbucks uh, um, in Northampton, and the other players would come in as well. So then wow. you'd, you know, Clark, and that was when I found out that Clark Carlisle was a smoker because he went outside for a crafty fag. <laughs> I mean, I know he won Countdown, and he's a seriously bright guy, but a cheeky fag. Outside, <laughs> I mean, you're saying this is Starbucks, as in at the cinema? It, no, it's the one that it was the one that. Um, uh, is it St. Jay? What's it called? St. James. Where Toys R Us is. Yeah. Oh, oh, I was yeah. just thinking. Like, if you don't, if you're not supposed to smoke at work, you'll stand outside <laughs> the cinema <laughs> above six fields. Yeah. Six foot something centre half having a fag, thinking I've got away with that it. Was, that would be especially <laughs> risky because Boothroyd might drive past at any moment and see him. But Boothroyd loved him, so he wouldn't say anything. Well, uh, may, maybe ask Bayo to hold it one May. Just as Boothroyd was filling out the team sheet for the Wembley yeah. final, his, pit, his pen was hovering over the centre forward spot. <laughs> And he caught, he caught at the corner of his eye, Bayo holding a, a, a Rothmans. Yeah. Clive Platt jumping up and down in the window upstairs. Holding it behind your back and thinking no holding it behind your back and thinking no one's noticing you. Yeah. Or the one in the in like in the in your hand, you know, like with your thumb, like so it's keeping <laughs> in your hand. Like like the hard it kids sounds school, like, like episode of Range Hill I saw once. <laughs> Are you smoking Clark? No. <laughs> I did a uh, game once with Clark Carlisle. Um, uh, I, I did a game down at Perform once, and like you say, spectacularly bright man, but re- really nervous in that environment. Oh, he really? Actually, he actually knocked a shelf over in the office we were in because sort of. Um, I think it was yeah. the first game he he done with that company. Came in and it is all a bit stilted and a little bit awkward. Mm. Um, sort of in these open plan offices with people headphones on and sort of working away and texting and this that, and the other, and in that slightly stilted way you do, so you turn around quickly, um, you know, as someone's about to show into the booth, and yeah, you just knocked a shelf full of, sort of tapes and sort of, you know copyright free CDs over. Did you tell him? Bit, oh. No, I did. I certainly didn't. He was dead <laughs> apologetic and all the rest of it. It was just, just obviously seeing those people that are giants out on the field. In mm. in those um, you know in those environments, it's sometimes mm. a bit jarring at times. Um, yeah, a lovely guy. He didn't piss himself as well. Yeah, yeah. that was That's... another. We would. There's a. I read his. I read his autobiography about you know, his time at the Cobblers and his throughout his career, and he talked about trying to get into media. And he, I think, was it the was it the Concaf or the African Cup of Nations? He was commentating for ITV4. Cup of Nations, and, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was trying to get to the break, but he missed it and he completely, <laughs> he completely wet himself. Jesus. This is the effect <laughs> he has on people. He probably heard about the Damien Duff story, Andy, and he was a bit just like... Oh, <laughs> well, I, well I, I actually got... Again, I got caught short once working with Tony DiRigo on an Italian match a few years ago <laughs> with Leeds. And um, seriously, because I'd been... I'd, I'd driven up to Leeds and I, I'd been for a cracking meal. I always try to combine the two when you go to a, a different city to work. Google restaurant. <laughs> I've been to this fantastic tapas place all on my own, treating myself to a slap-up meal for one. Um, did, did an Italian double header in the afternoon, and by the second match, uh, my, my guts are all over the shop. So I'm literally tapping. I might um, mine and Tony's mics. I'm like Tony. I've just got got to go, mate. Just got to go. Um, but you pegged it to the bog, came back, and there'd been a goal. 
Tony had to call a goal on his own. <laughs> Did he do it justice? Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it was a kind of, it was going out to sort of a, a pan-European audience. So no one in the... Um, no one in the UK would have seen it and it didn't end up as, you know, sort of any kind of issue. But yeah, um, I, I remember stumbling back into the booth, um, you know, almost with a bog roll still, uh, <laughs> still dangling out the back of your trousers. Sort of thing. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and you know, there's some Lazio players wheeling away. It's like, oh, for fuck, you know, a bit of bloody goal. <laughs> Imagine like three goals when you were away, and then you know, Dorigo was Dorigo looking like a total disdain when you got back. He was like, "What are you?" No, I mean he's a totally sound bloke. I've worked with him quite a lot, and he, he just he just found it absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I love it. your memory. It, it, it strikes be- me that there's a little. I think with some some of your your commentaries that you do and your different audiences, that something of the working class version of Test Match Special. <laughs> it is it's a bit utilitarian at times. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a fair shout. Slightly, slightly, you know, passionate, but slightly relaxed and not taking it totally seriously. Well, uh, I, I know what you're saying. I still feel that's harsh. It was just an <laughs> incredible. It was. It's just an incredibly oily piece of pork loin that I had. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's enough advertising for Chili Village, Andy. Let's, uh, let's move on. <laughs> Jeff, um, we were talking last week about your most awkward ever interview. And mm. it was one of those ones which, you know, you, I think you sort of buried a little bit. But then when you, as you started talking, it sort of, you know, dawned on you quite how awkward it was with Johnny Burst, I think it was, the cricketer. Um, yeah. This week, Let's let's sort of move on to angry managers because you know you've done a lot of presses and post matches and matches and stuff like that, and you must you you must get some like jovial managers who've won, but you must get the odd one who's just like loses his top or anyone that you know. Um, the, as a as a general rule, they've they've kind they kind of have calmed down a bit usually by the time they come out, and this is probably why Keith Curl was in for so long the other night. Uh, I'd imagine everyone listening to this podcast heard his interview from the other night. I listen to Radio Northampton at home when I'm in the office, my dining room, and uh, they played his interview several times where he just he, he's lost for words, isn't he? There's a bit where he can't, there's sort of like an awkward three or four seconds where he doesn't really know what to say. Um, so bear in mind he'd been in the dressing room for about an hour after the game. Normally, by the time they've come out, they've completely calmed down. Uh, and the other thing as well is, when I was doing the cobblers, I'm sure it's still the case. They always do the radio first because radio are typically still on air. They weren't the other night, obviously. Um, so they will, the radio lads tend to get the brunt of it. And then I'm kind of the, the nice, relaxed arm around the shoulder type, cosy, not live, not confrontational um, interview. Jeff Doyle got a couple of, couple of spicy ones. Sam, I remember once when they played, Sheffield Wednesday in the cup. Samo was a bit uh, a bit annoyed with him after that one. The the only th- I said about the Colin Calderwood one before with the Sean Dyche incident. The only other time there's been sort of and it wasn't really anger. It was more like awkwardness. Was um, towards the end of the Gary. I might have said I don't know if I've told this story or not, but I'll tell I'll tell it again anyway. Towards the end of the Gary Johnson 
regime, I was being given the team by several sources. It, it basically, it had come to a point where he had fallen out with pretty much every person at the club right away to, you know, club shop staff, cleaners, everyone. Uh, so obviously the players decided we've had enough of this guy. Let's basically undermine him, uh, leaking teams and information and stuff to me. Um, I was putting him in the paper. He uh, uh, apparently threw a copy of the Cron down the middle of the team coach on an away game and said, who's giving the team to the press? Which I was immensely proud of. But the, the next time I saw him was we used to do the press, the pre-match presses in the um, study centre. And I saw him and, and I think Doyle, Jeff Doyle had been there and he'd done his stuff first. And then it comes to me and he like stood up before I could even ask a question. Um, and I, I was like, oh, OK, this is how we're going with it. Is it right? Fair enough. And I said to him just something like, oh, we didn't do the team news. So is whoever it was going to be available for, for Saturday? And he said to me, you'll know the team before I do. And I was like, OK, it's a bit that's a bit of an odd thing to say, isn't it? And I went, OK, Gary, no, no worries, whatever. And he just and he left. But that was as well as being really awkward. It's also not accurate, is it? Because he'd still have to name the team for it to be leaked to be given to me. So there was no way I would know it before him, which was a ridiculous thing to say. And I wish I'd thought of that at the time. Uh, but, yeah, there was one where I've seen it with other with other reporters and other managers. Mickey Adams had a right go at the Port Vale reporter once because there'd been a fans forum in the week and the reporter had attended and written a story based on something that Mickey Adams had said in a fans forum. It's a little bit of a grey area, that one, journalistically. Do you, yep. do you report things that are said in those or are they just for the people there? It was at a time where the internet was a thing but wasn't really as... Because, I mean, nowadays, you it'd be live-streamed on the club YouTube channel and on mm. Twitter and everything, wouldn't it? There would be no way anything in that would be you know, within these four walls type arrangement. But he went absolutely mental at this reporter. And this reporter, to be fair, stood his ground. And they were kind of a, at one point almost like nose to nose, sort of, you know, like when um, you see people a bit like, you know, if you're out in town or playing Sunday football or something <laughs> and two people are having a confrontation and it's like, we don't want to actually have a fight but we really want to give the impression that we both want to have a fight. Was, it was there like, somebody it was... saying it isn't worth it? <laughs> yeah, leave it. Just leave it. And like pull... I, think, I think Mickey Adams' assistant was actually like pulling him back by the elbow, sort of like, come on, be sensible now. Um, because there was like 30 people there. <laughs> it was, uh, it was uh, anyway, that was, yeah, I've never been on the receiving end of a really angry manager. Uh, perhaps a, something missing in my on my cv that one really but yeah i've never experienced it do you um do you guys remember when um you just reminded me jeff when you're talking about live you know live streaming stuff do you remember that night it was when gaza did a um the club organized gaza yeah to do a q and a at the um was it the uh, moat house or the park in and it was the, the same time wasn't it? yeah and it was the same time as um, like transfer deadline there. I don't know if it's when you were still reporting, Jeff. It might have been after you left. And it was like, you know, whoever's operating the official club Twitter that night, go, oh, busy night. Got, got Gaza at the um, <laughs> parking. And 
and obviously transfer deadline day here at Sixfield. So we'll keep you updated on both. Um, both Gaston you know, Emil Sinclair at Sixfields. Yeah, <laughs> that was the one. And and I was thinking, oh, this will be good. We'll be able to hear what kind of question. And it was like, um, yeah, Gazza's Gaz is on his way, or Gazza's in the building. I was like, this is good. We're going to hear what <laughs> questions are. And then it went very, very quiet on the Gaza front. And it was all about, you know, Emil Sinclair or whatever. And then it was like, oh, and the raffle results from the parking was follows. And I was like, so what, <laughs> what actually happened at the parking? And he, I think it was the one where he turned up. And first really? question, Gaza, what, Gaza, what was it like playing alongside Ryan Robson for England? Obviously, Man U fan and Gaza apparently said, he's a c- <laughs> and you're all c- <laughs> 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 That's really going to, that's really going to impress, like, you know, your corporate clients that you're talking to. And yeah, that, and that was that. He, 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 he just comes straight in from the cock out in Rome. Uh, yeah, but... <laughs> He's been biting well. an evening with Gaza. It's yeah. like, <laughs> what? what are you expecting? Like an audience for your hoodie menu in? <laughs> <laughs> Going back to Clark Carlisle, didn't when you know when we got to Wembley? Um, I'm, I'm sure this happened when we got to Wembley with um, you know that that playoff year. Wasn't there an event at Sixfields as well? Wasn't Tyson there? Mike Tyson. Oh. They're doing some autograph signing or something at the club that day. Yeah, yeah, I've been with this. George Weyer, Mike Tyson in the town in one podcast. <laughs> I was at the BP garage in Sixfields once, and um, the same one where I bumped into Aidy Boothroyd, weirdly. And um, and um, I was in there get, getting some petrol, and this woman goes, oh, you won't believe who was in here just before you, Frank Bruno. He was on his way to the um, he was on his way to the uh, the Joshua one of the Joshua fights. I think it was one of the big ones, you know, the big stadium ones. You could just stop there for petrol. It's like wow. you don't expect that, do you, when you go to buy petrol? Like, yeah, Frank Bruno was just here just a minute ago. I want us to knit this timeline together. We might need a bit it of re- license. Andy, can you imagine going to like um imagine you were in Standen's barn in oh, you know, the late 90s when I, and you walked in inside Alessandro was, Costa Curtis in there George Weir Gaza uh, Leslie Joseph oh. Patricia Dean Sounds Gaza. like a great night you, oh, This is a this is a mosaic of famous faces from What a Load of Cobblers podcast I can see it going up on a wall in town If I, if I had a TARDIS that could only do Northampton since about 1970. <laughs> what would it be? Because of, of all the places and times we could go, where interesting things occasionally happen. What would my I mean? I thought be I thought we were pushing the envelope when Ian told me that King's Heath was built in the shape of the King's Crown. I mean, we've we've gone through that, and I just can't cope with the information that's been absorbed tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I think you'll have to turn it upside it. down. It's very impressive, that is. Uh, mate, might, that's brilliant. I absolutely love things. I'll, um, I'll put it up. Yeah, yeah we'll, the, the, you can retweet it, Tom, tomorrow. I'll do a little Google uh, yeah. shot of it. Yes. Martin's going to well, fill up. Then I'll, then I'll retweet that with my own comment that's claiming it as my own. Perfect. <laughs> Perhaps if we manufacture a row, it will get some traffic. Oh, yes, definitely. I'm well, I'm well up for that. 
Martin's going to feel a little bit jealous because he, you know, he's Eastern District lad. He's been in the same orbit as George Weir one night. You know, he's been literally a few miles away from George Weir. Oh, no, I bet you I've gone, I'd gone to town that week. I'd probably, I'd probably gone Sadler's, maybe the new <laughs> club. I definitely would have ended in 40s if I wasn't going to Panache later. <laughs> <laughs> and, do you know something? Before you move on, so I'll, do you know, this, I'm educating my kids this Christmas because when I was a kid, Star Wars was always on every Christmas. So they're actually watching Empire Strikes Back now to keep them oh, out of trouble. But yeah, when nice. I showed them... Um, when okay. I showed him the original Star Wars the other day, and um, Moe's Isley Cantina came up, I said to my wife, I said, look, it's, that, doesn't that, that remind you, like, the clientele and the whole look of, um, of Q Club? It was so, like, that back room. <laughs> you know, the back room bit where all the snooker tables, not the front room where they used to dance and stuff, but, like, you know, the back room where all the snooker tables were and you had, like, the snack bar, like, cheese roll, 50p. Some yeah. of the characters in there, it was like that guy that says to, to, to Luke, doesn't he? He doesn't like you either. We're working in <laughs> like they were The people you were getting Q Club, it was nice. Just, I really missed the place, though. Yeah, that character, yeah. didn't it? It, it, was, it was. It was open 24 hours, wasn't it? Which yeah. Was, oh, yeah. Which was on. I, I have to say, at the mention of Mose Isley, I'm, um, I'm working over in um, a, a depot we've got out east up the a605 somewhere i can't really bring myself to say now i've just whatsapped you because the name of the depot i have different access different different depots from where i'm working i couldn't put the name and i just couldn't bear to spell it so um yes yeah, so i really named it mose isley because it is indeed up the a605 about 40 miles a wretched hive of scum and villainy <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to Andy, I'm going to leave this one with you because it's in safe hands with you. You're an absolute professional. Um, it's a picture that you tweeted this week of the 1992 Northampton Town Christmas party by Pete Norton. And you tweeted just different times. And it's very funny because we've had a lot of the players in the photo tweeting about it. And all I can say is look at it on Twitter. Um, how would you describe that team photo, Martin, of a couple of players in fancy dress? What, oh, sorry, Andy. What would you, uh, Andy, what would you say? How would you describe that photo of couple of players in fact um we're just interesting well yeah just interesting and um in terms of the um yeah in terms of the sort of attire choices um i'd bet you just say eclectic yeah yeah, um, yeah stuff that you can't you, you know would be frowned upon now <laughs> there was at least two different types of nazis there was a comedy nazi and they just that's right, right i think there was a rank and file an officer class Represented. Um, and then a guy on a pretender. Yeah. <laughs> Darren Harbin is a cavalier. <laughs> King Charles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there were some bloomers in there as well, weren't there? Men dressed as comedy women and stuff. Andy, tell us about the lady boys. <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, Kevin Wilkin as a nun, I think, and the other guy, Mark Parsons. It's confusing, yeah. isn't it? Very confusing. So I just, everyone, right, anyone listening, just have a look at that photo and they don't make um, Christmas parties like that anymore. And I think it's, um, do you remember Craig Adams we were talking about? We weren't sure, Martin, if he was a player or not. And we sort of worked out he was sort of around the, the Northampton camp. He, he was dressed up, I think, as a female police officer on that night. And he tweeted that he was on the Welly Road directing traffic for 20 minutes and no one noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is absolutely priceless. Yeah, they just definitely don't make uh, Christmas parties like that anymore. Probably won't even have one this week, uh, this year. 
Um, let's move on finally. We've talked a lot about Bob Marley, Clark Carlisle, God knows what else tonight. It's just uh, hard to keep up with it. Let's just move on finally to Jefferson Lake's idea, which was for, you know, Cobbler's uh, Christmas puns. And we had some really good ones. Um, let's start with you, Jeff, because you, it was your idea. Which, which one did you come up with? Uh, well, I, I got the ball rolling and was very quickly asserted yeah, by well, loads of other good ones, much better ones on Twitter. So I just said Russell Slade. Because obviously Slade, everyone, everyone loves that Slade song, don't they? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was my sole contribution, and then and then yeah, it really caught fire, didn't it, on Twitter? And there were some brilliant ones. Do you, can I just say for about for a full thirty or forty seconds, I, I read that from Jeff, and I thought he's messed that up. He mean, he means Slay the Wally. And uh, yeah, it, it, just, it, it just took me a full minute to realise um, how cle- how clever it was. It sounds like I'm taking the mick, but I'm not. <laughs> Come on, that was a good one. boys! A great Christmas. Well, he thinks he thinks it's Slade. He's called it Slade. <laughs> That's actually you had a I good thought. one, Andy. What was your one? Yours, yours sent to Danny O'Shea, wasn't it? So, oh, yeah, O'Shea in a manger. No, nothing compared to what um, you know what the what the listeners contributed. That, though. that to be fair, O'Shea in a manger was the high point until people who listened to us are not much more. <laughs> Much cleverer and more inspired than us got involved. Cause well, yeah, like um, whole, whole verses, for goodness yes. sake, were well, contributed. Someone have a culking around the Christmas tree? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was great. We came up with, to be, you know, with all due respect to all of us, nothing nothing better than O'Shea in a manger, which I thought was pretty good. And yeah. then everyone else absolutely murdered us with brilliance. <laughs> I'll read some of the, the, the listeners' ones out because they're, they're really good. Um, I really apologise for my baby Jesus uh, to the Christian faith and the, the art of puns because that was a low point even for me. Um, <laughs> through Aegeus of the Racing Post, there are um, some copious fans in high places in the media. Through Aegeus of the Racing Post, big racing, horse racing fan, and has gone for Michael Crackers Jacobs, which is a good one, Christmas Crackers. <laughs> Gary Waldron. Has gone for Hark the Sean Harrod Angels Sing, which I think is a good one. There's loads of really good ones. I won't read them all out because there's too many. But uh, Keith B is lower the tone with Christmas Card Ozer, Christmas Card Ozer, which is a good one. And John Freindeer. <laughs> but it's sort of like starts building up. Um, Ian Townsend, who we had on the um, podcast the other week talking about the game, he went for It'll be Maloney this Christmas. <laughs> is that Shaking Stevens, Martin? That's it's mud, isn't it? Oh. It's mud. Oh, so this is where you need Brent. Need Brendan. Brendan will know all these all these musical references. I'm sure. I'm sure it is sort of a modern record copy. They're they're playing mud. Yeah, I'm sure he's a huge mud fan. <laughs> no, he, he'd be writing down lists for next year's Christmas number one. What will get some some unheard of people to cover? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to say Brian Haywood yet because we're going to build up to it because he's absolutely. This guy needs to. Be, actually, I'm going to put him in touch with Brendan because he's going to be the next uh, stock Aitken and Waterman. That guy. Uh, so we'll go on to. Ah, um, oh, Ad Richards has done a play on just one. He's gone for Brussels Slade instead of oh, Brussels yeah. Slade. See, one upmanship. Oh. It is. It is. Uh, the actor. You mean Slade. <laughs> I'm sure it's not the actual actor Kevin Eldred. It's he's grumpy greyhead on Twitter. He's gone for Carol Hex. It's pretty cool. I like that one. 
Uh, Ian Townsend's gone for Steve Cranberry. <laughs> and this is a good one. Driving <laughs> homes for Christmas. Driving yeah, homes. That, that's good. That that's probably my favourite. That that's class. That. Who's saying that? Driving homes. Is it Christmas. Christmas? Yeah. 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 A music quiz now. Always like sounds so upbeat. Considering he lives in Middlesbrough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was a good one from Ian Townsend. Um, I, I like this one from because he's like a little play on well, sort of slightly. Uh, Sort of an interesting slant on it. Steve Cobbler Toad has gone for, I'll just say it without the accent, but he's gone for Lee Howie in a manger. But you've got to say it in a Northeast accent, which turns it into Lee Howie in a manger. Yeah, that's <laughs> Can he that one? Can he? Can he? I. <laughs> His guys are in the building because you're all seaworthy. <laughs> I have to bleep out myself. It's just, I can't do it. I can't even swear anymore on this because I just bleep out myself. Uh, A.D. Richards, uh, Grandad Baldy, often comes up with good ones. He's also gone for uh, Alistair Slow Gin and Tonic. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, that's a name to conjure with, Alistair Slow. Um, let's work, uh, let's build up now a bit of a drum roll to um, Brian Hayward, who is a bit of a genius in my opinion. It, he's, this is it. This is it, um, Martin. It's Colking Around the Christmas Tree. Oh, I can't sing this because this is like, this is too complicated, but I'll try and do it in this sort of um, pentameter of the actual song. Come he's on, gone. Sing it. Okay, he's gone. <laughs> Put for, the backing track uh, on. <laughs> Choking around the Christmas tree. This is like brilliant. Choking around the Christmas tree at the ex well, Christmas party <laughs> home. Trevor Crow hung where you Greg <laughs> every car load tries to halt. Please, mommy, make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> well and truly murdered. <laughs> Coconut around the Christmas tree. Let the Christmas spreading, starling. Later we'll have some Mark Burn pie and we'll do some Corolla in. Now, oh, come on, guys, that's pretty oh, cool. Man. That's pretty that is good. That is it good. Was, uh, everybody, I'm sure we're going to retweet it after this. Please, re please read the, read the original and don't listen to Tom's murder of it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I actually might. It got better towards the end, to be fair. Quite by groove, but fair play to you, Brian. How many people have you got? And you've got one, you've got about 15 cobblers player, including Trevor Quo, which is like it's pretty good, it's pretty good, isn't it? When you put Trevor Quo into a Christmas song, so thanks everyone for tweeting. And there's some few more, which uh, if you look on the actual thread itself, um, you'll, you'll find out. But as actually, thanks for just for that idea because we got some really good ones. We'll, we'll sign off now. This is our last podcast before the new year really so we can have a little bit of a break uh, I'm just going to sort out Martin's transfer over to the um, Saddle River Spunk in America <laughs> he probably won't do this next season he's, he's doing, like, doing like the baseball there's a couple of good young prospects making their way to St Crispin in return <laughs> for the old slugger <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um, for all the listeners thanks for listening we gifted this as a bit of a laugh during lockdown the podcast grown quite a lot and we just had a good time doing it so um thanks everyone for listening and thank you guys for you know contributing and stuff and next time we talk we'll try and find if george Weir actually did go to that house party in santa's barn but other than that thanks a lot guys and have a good christmas merry christmas everyone merry christmas everyone have a good and stay safe everyone bye. cheers boys bye. Merry christmas. Yeah. take it easy guys all right see ya bye bye
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 